So I'm still Marie and I'm a compulsive eater. And um, we're gonna move right into five since that's where my last sentence ended. And <laughs> step five is this, um, well, let's turn to page 72. I love how Bill writes. Bill writes and in, in, he likes to summarize everything. Like, look, I know you guys aren't getting this. Let me review it and let's see if you're up to speed, right? So having made our personal inventory, step four, what are we gonna do about it? We've been trying to get a new attitude, step two. A new relationship with our creator, step three. And to discover the obstacles in our path, step four. We ad have admitted certain defects, five. We have ascertained in a rough way what the trouble is. We have put our finger on the weak items in our personal inventory. My character, right? This is who I am my thick thinking and now these are about to be cast out in six and seven this requires action on our part which when completed will mean that we have admitted to god to ourselves and another human being the exact nature of our defects this brings us to the fifth step why do i have to share this with someone um there is a solitary self-appraisal is not going to do anything I can see these things, but until I am face-to-face -face with the compassionate mirror that is my sponsor or another recovered woman at this point in a step 10, I can still delude myself. I need another human being, somebody that is, it's going to tell me who this person is too in the next couple pages. And this is so direly important because I think I've, I've seen a lot of people reach out to people that don't fit the description that the big book gives you and wonder why their fifth step was repeated or this person wasn't effective or whatever it wasn't effective in their lives right so there's definite um suggestions here on how to share this with someone so it tells me that we think we had done well enough in admitting these things to myself there is doubt about that because in actual practice, we usually find a solitary self-appraisal inefficient. Uh, it gives me a warning. If I skip this vital step, I might not overcome my compulsive eating or drinking. And um, what happens to a lot of people, and I can tell you from my experience, this is exactly where I fell when I came back after repeated uh, periods of long-term abstinence. Why can't I get this thing? Oh, wait, it doesn't work for me. I ain't going back there, right? <laughs> why didn't it work for me right um lots of women that i meet in aa and oa that relapse can't figure it out and it keeps them stuck like i just don't know what happens i can't i don't know what they don't get step one first of all but there's a lot of information right here and this is where i will take somebody it says time after time the newcomer newcomers have tried to keep to themselves certain facts about their lives trying to avoid this humbling experience they've turned to easier methods so it's telling me i'm not sharing with somebody things about my life that means i'm in solitary self-appraisal and now i'm going to turn to easier methods because i want ease and comfort so instead of calling you maybe i'm going to isolate maybe i'll go to facebook maybe i'll you know and i'll pick up other things i'm not saying that the the bite or the drink is right there but there's another form of ease and comfort probably coming. But almost invariably, they got drunk, right? So sometimes it's even, you know, I can be sober in AA, but I'm not okay with my food over here in OA. So what's that all about? Why can't I, why, what's going on? 
It says, having persevered with the rest of the program, so that means that here I am, I'm, I've been here before, I've got some long-term abstinence or sobriety, but I fall. I'm falling. I, I've picked up somewhere. We think the reason is they never completed their house cleaning. And remember, house cleaning is four through nine. That means five, sharing with somebody, six, becoming willing to be different, seven, asking God to change me, eight, trying to fix things. So what am I missing? I'm missing something in step 10. Maybe I'm eliminating step 10. And step five is a big part of step 10. They took inventory all right, but hung on to the worst items in stock. They only thought they lost their egoism and fear. They only thought they humbled themselves, but they had not learned enough of three things. And these three things I've got to bring into my daily life with step 10. And five is in there, so four through nine. Humility, fearlessness, and honesty. In a sense that we find it necessary until they told somebody else all their life story. And that's, it's, it's that step 10. You know, who am I letting into my life? Who, who am, I, am I divulging my character defects to, my character, so that I'm not keeping that in the dark and letting it grow, you know, and not addressing it? More than most people, the alcoholic leads a double life. I can say I am much the actor. To the outer world, I, re I represent my stage character. I send my representative out, right? Here she comes. Ooh, look at her. She sponsors a lot of women. She's sober. She talks really good in meetings. Bullshit. What's going on in my life? Right? I don't, I'm sending out my representative. This is the one I like my fellows to see. And I enjoy a certain reputation, but I know in my heart I don't deserve it. The inconsistency is made worse by the things that I do on my sprees. Maybe it's not an eating spree. Maybe it's a shopping spree. Maybe it's a Facebook spree. Maybe it's like thinking spree or an emotional spree. I can't get out of my self-pity today. And coming to my senses, I am revolted at these episodes that I vaguely remember because when I'm not in present, I'm not proud. I don't know what I'm thinking. Like, what the heck? I was just on a string of self-pity. I didn't even realize it because I'm not mindful. I fell back asleep. And I come back to my senses. I wake up again. And, and, and the thought is a nightmare. And I tremble to think that somebody might know what I'm really thinking, know who I really am. And as fast as I can, I push these memories far inside myself, and I hope that they will never see the light of day. I'm under constant fear and tension, which makes for more cause and effect, thinking. And my thinking will lead me to drinking or eating. Um, I like the idea that this is a we program. I can't do this by myself, you know? I'm in a situation where, like Kim said, like my son is gone, my husband works during the day, I am so blessed to not have to earn money for our household. So I'm at home and, and I'm loving this serene reading my books and talking to sponsees and refinishing furniture. And even in all that, my thinking starts and I catch myself. And I don't even know how I go down that rabbit hole, mm -hmm. but I know I can bring God back. As soon as I'm aware of the thought, that's when God comes back to me. And I'm present, and I'm awake again. And I'm an awakened spirit. I go, what the heck was that? Well, how did I just get to, my mom ain't never coming driving down here. She's never going to come see me. I'm going to have to go see her. And now I'm in a resentment. Why? Fear of being alone. And I can take that, and I can, I can call somebody and go, you know, I've been thinking some shitty thoughts lately, and there's no reason for them, but i got to tell you. And then I get a phone call 
from my friend in the morning, and she's telling me her shitty thoughts, and I'm like, thank God we can talk about this stuff. We're not alone. We're not alone. Um, Fidel, do you want to stop there and talk about that idea, or should I keep going and you want to cover it? Yeah, let me just bring a couple things in and yeah. you can continue on. Okay, mm -hmm. so I just want to slam home that um, this is still Kim, uh, solitary self-appraisals and suspicion, because someone great, had a great analogy, and I just really liked it. Anyone who's, who's sold a home. Now, I have a, a home, and I happen to have two dogs, and I have really, really crappy hardwood from all the nails going over it. Maybe you have a home where you have scratches on the wall saying how tall your kids are. If you, you're, you're, it's, it's your home, so you cannot tell people how much to buy it for. What you do is you hire, some, you hire someone who's a third-party appraiser, and they come in and they say, okay, okay, Miss Greich, you have three bedrooms and you have two bathrooms and you have 1,200 square foot and this is the size of your property and you're in the Rancocas Valley High School School District. This is how much your home is worth. Because, see, I'm so emotionally invested in, in my home, I don't think they're right. But I need that person to come in and have objectivity. So that's what a fifth step does, and that's what a tenth step does. Because I can be objective about Maria's life because I'm not living it. But I can't be objective about my own life. So I also, just to go ahead again, when you're looking for someone to do a tenth step with, this is me, Kim, this is me, Kim not Big Book. You're looking for someone who's going to bring you to the book and who's going to tell you the truth. Because a third-party appraiser telling you how lovely your home is and pricing your, your house to the point that it cannot be sold is not helpful. So if I call someone for a 10th step and they say, oh, honey, don't worry about it, just take a bubble bath, that's, <laughs> not, that's not helpful. Or if I have someone come in and say, you know what, Mount Holly's a pretty shitty area to live in, and I don't think that you're ever going to be able to sell this house, so we're not, I'm not even going to give you an appraisal, that's not helpful either. And someone coming in and yelling at me and telling me what to do and not leading me to a higher power in this book, that's not helpful for me either. And I have to seek out those people because they're far, in my experience, they're few and far between to find someone who's really as committed to this work as I need them to be in order to be that third-party appraiser. And the last thing, I just want to reiterate that spree thing. Because if I am thinking that the sprees are only food, this part of the book is irrelevant to me because, see, I've been absent now for seven and a half years, so the allergy is actually academic because I haven't had my food. But does that mean for seven and a half years I haven't felt anger? I haven't felt resentment? I haven't had other sprees? Absolutely not. So I can build up that reputation where I'm vulnerable and I start acting out in other ways because I'm not going to eat no matter what, no matter what I'm not going to eat. And I wind up becoming sicker and sicker and sicker and sicker. And I have to tell you what I was thinking when Maria was saying that. I was thinking about before I became recovered, before I became a big book student. Whenever something bad happened, and I would tell someone, they go, how's your food? Well, how's your food? How's your food? Because I worshiped abstinence. And now when I call someone and something happens as silly as I drop my phone in the toilet, <laughs> and you would think it was the end of the week. I, 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 you know that old AA joke? that you know, a, a normal person goes out and finds a flat tire and they call AAA and an alcoholic comes out and finds a flat tire and they call suicide prevention. <laughs> I believe that's true with an, with, a, with an iPhone. I can't even tell you the drama that was going on in my life because I dropped my, my, my phone with work and I don't have an alarm clock and I don't have a radio and I want to call in sick but I can't call in sick because I don't have a phone to call in sick and like all that drama that, that goes on there. When, I, when that happens now, people don't call me and say, oh, how's your food? 
okay, Kim, let's look, let's step back. Where are you being selfish? Where are you being dishonest? Where are you being self-seeking? Where are you being fear? And what that does is allows me to get back on the beam to feel connected. And I have to tell you, not only I, I committed money for a driveway, then my phone gets dropped in there, and I have a cheap phone plan. I have to pay $700 for a new phone. Then I go to make my oatmeal at night, and my microwave breaks up, and now it blows up, and now I have to buy a microwave. And you know what I got into from 10 and 11? Was not that, you know, because my first thought was, see, I'm single, and I don't deserve my sin. And God's punishing me because I want a new driveway, so now I'm going to have all these, un un these, uh, these other expenses come up. And what I came to from calling people into work is there are so many people in our country today that are one car repair away from being homeless. And you know what? I'm not. And I can afford a new microwave. And I can afford a new phone. And I don't know what, you know why I can afford it? Because I have an emergency fund. And this is a fucking emergency <laughs> in my world. But the fact is, to, to really like think that that, you know, to be grateful that I have those funds versus getting angry. Because you know what? I will get hungry if I don't deal with my anger. So that to me is, is I, I find it so important to not only see why this is essential in 439, but why this is essential in 10 and 11. Yep. So, uh, and again, with that same idea, there are very specific guidelines as to who I'm letting into my fifth step as well as my tenth step. And they're very specific, and they start on 74. It reminds me at the bottom of 73, we must be entirely honest with somebody if we, are, if we expect to live long and happily in this world. It doesn't say, I have to be entirely honest with the all of OA and share everything at every meeting I ever go to and get current, you know? That's not what we're talking about, right? My 10th step circle is very small, and I like it very small. Not everybody needs to know my business because not everybody's qualified and fit in to these guidelines. So let's find out the guidelines. It says, rightly and naturally, we think well before we choose the person or persons with whom to take this intimate and confidential step. Okay? So I'm going to think well. I'm going to go into prayer. I'm going to ask God, who should I be sharing this with? Who gives me the inspiration to call? Right? And usually that's how my higher power works with me. I'm inspired to call. Let me call. Let me call Marlena. Let me call Neil. Let me call Kim. Right? So then it says in the second paragraph, uh, we search our acquaintances for a closed mouth understanding friend. I had an issue with my sponsor. Now, who am I going to talk to in, in AA about my AA sponsor without it becoming gossip? And I knew exactly who to talk to. And I called him and said, are you a closed mouth understanding friend? And he knew exactly what I meant. In the bottom of that same paragraph, it says, someone who will understand yet be unaffected. <coughs> I'm not going to call my mom and talk to her about my brother. I'm not going to call Kim and talk to another OA member that is going to maybe affect her thinking about somebody. I'm respectful. And I don't want them to be affected, right? I'm, I'm selfish and self-centered, so I have to think well about this <laughs> stuff. And then at the very bottom it says, um, we say this because we are very anxious that we talk to the right person. It is important that he be able to keep a confidence that he fully understand and approve what we are driving at, getting unblocked, not gossiping, right? That he will not try to change our plan. 
oh, just maybe you should go to therapy or take a bubble bath or, you know, no, I, I ain't calling you because I need help seeing this from an entirely different angle. And that's, you know, I, I, it got to the point where every time in the beginning of my relationship with my sponsor, I'd be like, oh my God, there's a fire. And she'd say, Do, are you ready to see this from an entirely different angle? Because if I wasn't ready, there was no talking to me. What is she going to do for me? She's not going to sit and co-sign my bullshit. It's a waste of time for her. She's working with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Are you ready? You want to see it from an entirely different angle or not? She's not changing my plan. I'm not changing her plan. And when we decide who is to hear our story, we waste no time. We have this written inventory or we have some kind of thing that we need to share and we're prepared for a talk, right? Um, we have direction on your fifth step. We pocket our pride and go to it, illuminating every twist of character. I'm looking for character. That's what I want to see. And it's a pattern. And it's over and over again. My fifth step was full of separation. I'm either better than you or I am worse than you. I am never one among many. And it haunts me today. It comes up a lot. That's a lot of, a lot of my character. Uh, every dark cranny of the past. Um, then we have some promises. And after I do this, and I really sincerely am being fed information, facts about myself, not just about my physical allergy, my mental obsession, but my character from somebody that I trust and I, and I love, I am saying it out loud and it, you know, the spirit hears me, she hears me, and it becomes, I can't hide this stuff anymore. And all of a sudden, once I've taken the step with holding nothing, we are delighted. I just l unload it, that backpack full of rocks. Hmm. I don't have to carry that stuff around anymore. They no longer serve me or my fellows. I'm ready to do something about it. I can't do it anymore. I can't live with this anymore. I can look the world in the eye because why? Why can I look in the, I just told somebody my dirty laundry and now I'm supposed to look people in the eye because now I have compassion for myself. I know why I did those things. I'm human and I have mercy on myself. I'm not full of shame. That was my experience. I can be alone at perfect peace and ease because my head's not keeping me up all night. Anybody get newly abstinent and sober and can't sleep? I could not sleep until I did a proper 10th step, fifth step. I couldn't every night, all night long. I mean, I was begging my sponsor, I'm ready to do this. Can you, can you meet me now, today? I gotta get rid of this. It, that's how I felt. And once I, fit, I, I gave this stuff up, I could sleep. I had perfect peace and ease. Our fears fall from us. Why? Because I've got a skill set now. Every time I get feared up, I know, oh boy, I'm in self-reliant. What am I afraid of? And I began to feel the nearness of my creator. This is where I get unblocked. Of course I'm going to feel the nearness because I'm unblocked. The spirit is starting to come in hasn't come through yet, but it's coming in. I'm, I'm feeling something. And I may have had some certain spiritual beliefs. These theories, right? I've got theories around this, but now I begin to have a spiritual experience. It's no longer a theory. I, it's actually happening. Oh my God, this shit is true, what they're talking about. Oh my gosh. The feeling that the drink problem has disappeared will come strongly. And I, I will feel that I'm on the broad highway walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. I have union, communion, and harmony. And that's what I'm seeking all along. 
to have union with this other person. I really, really believe that my sponsor was God with skin on. She allowed me to see myself for myself. And she didn't run away hiding. She still loved me. And it, it changed my thinking about a higher power. It also changed my thinking about how I looked at people. Because not until I really got into listening to footsteps did I experience the miracle and the promises of these footsteps. It was one thing to be sitting on one side of the table, but when I got to the, the honor of sitting on the other side of the table, that's, I think, when the spirit not only came in, but through. And Dr. Bob said spirituality is not a sponge. You cannot absorb it. It has to be wrung out. I have to take this stuff in, and it doesn't work unless I give it back out. I can't have and keep what I don't give away. And not until I did and sat on the other side of that table did I feel the spirit come in and through. In and through. That's when it counts. This is a, an important thing, you know, returning home, finding that place where I can be quiet for an hour and carefully reviewing what I've done. What I'm doing is I'm looking over steps one through five. Are my stones properly in place? Did I leave anything out? Sometimes when we do this crawl back after an hour and we cover six and seven, I'll actually say, did you leave anything out? Did anything come up? Did you think of anything? Sometimes it does. You know, I didn't want to tell you this. You know, and then it'll come out. It's okay. They usually come out in 10 later. It's okay. Um, so I'm, re I'm carefully reviewing those first five proposals and I have a prayer. God, did I leave anything out? I'm building an arch through which I'm gonna walk a free woman at last. Is my work solid so far? Are the stones properly in place? Have I skimped on the cement put in the foundation? Have I tried to make mortar without sand? Am I trying to do all step work and I have no fellowship? I'm attached to my sponsor and I don't have anybody else in my life because I think she's gonna save me. I'm not utilizing my fellowship. That's, you know, cement, it's, it's that, it, it's all of the working parts have to be there, right? Fellowship and step work. I can't do all fellowship and no step work. I can't do step work without fellowship. They, that's the cement. The two parts have to be mixed together so that I get this solid foundation and uh, I'm taking that time. I'm taking that time, and usually I will say, you know, within that, after that hour, we will turn the page and we will go over. Do you see that this stuff is no longer serving you? Would you like to have God remove it? Do you realize that you are now powerless over your character and all of your character defects? Your, your shortcomings, the things that you're not willing to do for God and your fellows and yourself, and your character defects, the overload of of, of uh, character that you have that's, that's hurting people. So I'm either not showing up or I'm over, overly doing things and now I'm missing my mark. And I think I read somewhere that sin actually means to miss the mark, right? Mm -hmm. So every day I'm trying to grow in understanding and effectiveness. I don't want to miss the mark. How do I do that? I try to like ask God for the strength to overcome my shortcomings and please God, squelch all my character defects. The two Maria, it's two Maria, <laughs> too much self, right? And, um, and then there we go. We've got a really, I, I just felt so free at this, at this step. I was exhausted, but I was full of energy at the same time. I was hopeful, 
I felt like I really did something. It was effective. I felt like, wow, but really not until I gave it, gave these directions to somebody else and I sat there and I became their compassionate mirror did it really, really hit home. It's, it's just a beautiful experience. And I'll let Kim take it her. Take it away. I just have a couple things I want to add. I actually want to kind of expand on what you just said. Um, this is just, I don't know. It's Kim. I don't know if that means anything. <laughs> um, so the promise, the fifth step promises are wonderful. But it, the fact that I get to experience them every time I take a fifth step is amazing. I think the first 17 years I was in LA, I probably took four or five fifth steps. In all honesty, I was playing God trying to fix people. Um, I average like two fifth steps a month now. And that is a gift to be able to witness that with other people and to help them see their patterns. But I get to experience, I, had, I just did a fifth step yesterday, I get to experience these fifth steps every time I take a fifth step. So I'm just going to share on the two that really hit me, um, and then one or two points, and we're going to stop if we have any last minute questions. Um, but the one is we can look the world in the eye. And that for me was because one of the patterns I saw I shared about how I get quiet in the corners and no one will notice me. I also learned if I can do what people want, then they're not going to leave me. So I was a chameleon that became whatever people needed. And my college roommate actually used to call me the chameleon because whoever came in the dorm room, I'd become a totally different person. Well, when you're doing that, I can't look you in the eye because I'm trying to remember who I was, what lies I told you, how am I going to impress you, what am I going to say next. It was the, the amount of like calamity going on in my head as I was trying to talk to somebody. And when I went through this process, I realized that being Kim was enough. This whole process was a return to Kim. Not the Kim who I tried to project out to the world, but the Kim that God planted in me as, as, a, as a, you know, someone before my mommy and daddy even knew me. And I can now look you in the eye because I can pay attention to you. And I want to know what you have to say, and I'm not worried about what I'm going to say anymore. And I have to tell you, when I start not looking people in the eye, that's a little, a little, little note to me that I'm starting to get self up again. I need to do some 10 and 11 work. The other one is we feel we're on the broad highway and it's capitalized. I started to feel a part of Overeaters Anonymous. I started to feel a part of my family, a part of my community. Because I always felt like it was separate and I had to be on the defense all the time or people, I had to be number one or I, was, I had no worth. So I was always on the defense. And I started to feel a part of I started to be shoulder to shoulder because there is no peace when I'm above anyone or I'm below anyone. And I started to feel that way. Now, I'm just going to give you a little example. I went, I was able to be, go to Ireland and do a big book study in, in March, and it was wonderful. But I'll tell you, coming home from Ireland and talking about it was awesome. That experience, because it was so whirlwind, didn't really have a lot of depth and weight until I came home and I was able to share it with other people. So that's what I tell my sponsees. Okay, you're do these fifth steps, you know, over the week, spend some time, are you feeling these promises? But call the newcomer. Call someone, tell them what this experience is like because that experience will become more foundational when you share it with someone else. Call someone, tell them that you, that the fourth step wasn't scary. Tell them that you didn't sit there in three years. Tell them that you've been abstinent the whole damn time. Share some hope for the people in the room. And then we kind of what, just to expand again, what happens after this, but these questions are great. Is my work solid so far? Are the stones properly in place? I use this in my step 11. What I find is if, if I am not doing 10 and 11, I use step 12 as a drug. I'm trying to live off of other people. If I, if I am totally, if I'm totally <coughs> fear, 
if I'm probably in 12, 10 and 11, that I'm not helpful to other people because I'm too busy trying to figure myself out. You know, am I, am I being available to my fellowship? You know, am I, is, am I letting God use me in my gifts? And whatever your gifts are, I thank God for the people who have gifted in a group because I can't stand in a group. And I'm like, thank God there's people out there that do that. You know, so like, like I, what, am I letting God use me and being helpful in all areas of my life? And then that prayer, we thank God from the bottom of our heart, we know him better. Why is that? Because I'm acknowledging in step three that I have blocks, and I'm starting to take action now to remove those blocks. These are the boulders, the grosser handicaps. In 10 and 11, this is my prayer too. Because now there's pebbles. And you know how a pebble at the bottom <laughs> of your shoe can drive you insane? I need to get rid of all those pebbles. So every time I do a step 10, I thank God from the bottom of my heart that I know I'm better because I'm removing those blocks so I can feel the, the God that's deep down inside me. And that's an individual God of my own understanding. I heard recently on a, on a um, I'll end with this, on a, um, on a podcast, on a, um, God as I understand him, he said it's got to be God as I experience him. I got to get beyond understanding into experience. I need the mechanics in the beginning, but I need to get to the experience. And that's what we do in 10 and 11. Um, so I'm going to end this.